0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the finale episode of Sweet Bitter, where we explore the untold history of women and queer pirates. We're your hosts, Ellie Brigida. Elisa Nort. And Lisa Shalit. This episode, we're also excited to welcome a special guest, Vico Ortiz, who plays Jim on HBO's Our Flag Means Death. Welcome, Vico. Thank you so much for having me. I am... So delighted to be here. (laughs) This is going to be so much fun. Um, If anyone's in our Patreon, you know we've been doing bonus episodes on our Flag Means Death. We have been obsessed with the show. I'm also so happy that you're on it, Vico. I love seeing you on my screen as much as I can. (laughs) (laughs) I think like last time was... Last time
1: we talked on a podcast, was I allowed to mention that about the show? I, I don't think so. I don't you were think like, so, I have some
0: I- cool <laughs> things coming up, and then I was like, "Oh, this was the cool thing."
1: Yep, it was a uh, like, oh, oh. the biggest secret I've kept. Um, that I really just savored, honestly, because I had so many friends who were like, "Why you're not on the trailer?" And I'm in. I am on the trailer, but I you can't really know it's me because I have the whole thing and. Um, <laughs> And also the poster, they were like, well, you're not in the poster. And I'm like, I'm a reveal. I can't say anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a, a true joy to see everyone's uh, trickle reactions to the show and being like, wait, you're like, you're like, a, you're a character. You're actually. And I'm like, I know. It's insane. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. I get to do this. Um,
0: yeah, lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. So let's talk a little bit about Our Flag Means Death. So what was your favorite episode of the show? You talked a little bit about the reveal, but I mean you're a huge part of every episode. So what was your favorite? What was your favorite one? Okay. Okay. Can I
1: choose two? Because it really is so difficult. Okay. So (laughs) thank you. Um, I was like Well, every
2: episode is our favorite. So that would be unfair to ask you to pick a favorite.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being so uh, understanding. Um, (laughs) So Okay, so my favorite episode to shoot, um, I guess, was um, uh, The Art of Fuckery. Um, Cause it was just so, Silly and I got to be like extra silly for that one because I feel like most of the time Jim is uh, you know in this uh, Journey, and it's uh and it's somewhat serious and there are some funny things that happen to them but um, for that one I was so excited to just like go absolutely ham on this like dummy and um, and Fernando Frías the director of the episode was like yeah, like just go crazy, like scream, like do all of the voices, like just do the thing. And I was like, you got it, I will absolutely do that. And um, and I did, I just like screamed as the dummy, screamed as myself, hit the dummy with the hacky thing. I had raw sausages that I had to pull out from the dummy's belly, it was a whole thing. Um, There was a lot of silliness in that uh, episode and then that shoot, those shoot days. So it was a lot of fun. And then seeing it all come together, I was like, wow, this is bananas that, all this time, only for like 10 seconds. Um,
0: <laughs> <but> <laughs> Wait, so how long were you recording? Like how long were you filming that scene? Oh,
1: well, th- my specific chunk was probably like two seconds or maybe like a second and a half. <laughs> but I shot it from, they shot it from the outside where you see the shadow. And I shot that like five times. And they shot it five more times from the other side. There's So there's... A footage somewhere of my face, just like, ha ah, ha, mercy, mercy, and I'm like, and just like doing all of the, all of the things. Um, it's like very chaotic. I'm sure that footage is somewhere out there. Um, HBO headquarters, but, um, I don't have it with me, unfortunately, but it's there. It was a lot of fun. And it was, I finally got to scream because I feel like Um, before then, all of the guys were able to have, like, their panic, like, moments and scream and whatever, and I was like, I can't, Jim is not, you know, Jim wouldn't just, like, scream, you know? Like, it's, it's, like, you know, uh, so I was, like, finally able to, to have that moment on that one, and then, obviously, the episode, This Is Happening, I feel like a lot of things happened, (laughs) and it was so, uh, delightful to, uh, have it be unfold and, um, it was when I read the episode. It was also like uh, news to me, right? To to uh, learn more about Jim's past and and was. <laughs> tickled by the fact that they were trained by assassin nuns um i have a nun in my family so it was very much like wow when she hears about this this is gonna be great um and then finding out uh that there will be a little version of me right and then working with selenys which i was like oh my gosh all the dreams are coming true and then on top of that seeing reading on the script because i know that they like had that uh, a moment between blackbeard and um steed on episode five um but i was kind of like I, I, mm, are they gonna lean on this like i know the show is pretty queer but like are they actually gonna do it like i also like the audience was like waiting for them to just like bait you know be like oh just kidding and we're not gonna do it um so when no. episode seven hits i was like wait a minute are they Wait! They're getting too close. This is ha- the, yeah. oh, I literally, was just like this is happening. This is ha- I think this is actually happening. Um, so it was really sweet to to see you know those those two things develop, and um, they were also a lot of fun to shoot because, I mean. It was just great. I got to be in an actual church that was like the first church of Los Angeles. Um, And our holding station was a dungeon. Um, It was great. You know, a lot of there was a cat that was viciously it was a vicious cat on set. Um, (laughs) A lot of themes happened that we were all just like, this feels fitting for everybody. So those two
0: are like my faves. (laughs) I love that. It feels like it must have been, like, such a unique set to be on compared to other sets you've been on. Have you ever been uh, in a dungeon before for another film or TV show? (laughs) I have
1: not. I have not. Hmm, That would be my first. That would be my first. um, Especially in a a dungeon that was tech. It's a a church. It's a church dungeon. It was just particular. I was like, huh, cool. Great. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> this is where that. jim grew up nice <laughs>
2: <laughs> you've kind of already hit on it a little bit but um i wanted to know what were some of the biggest joys and challenges of playing the character of jim
1: oh yeah um wow so it was just an absolute joy dream honor playing jim um and and getting to to know them little by little and um and explore who who they are in the world and how they relate to themselves and other people. Um, what makes them tick? I mean, the whole process of bringing Jim to life was such a joyful experience, but also it was a roller coaster of emotions because um, it, Jim's past, how, how heartbreaking it is, right? And and I wanted to be there on set the day that they shot uh, when um, their family gets killed because I wanted to have that also be in my actual memory. Of course, if I couldn't have, if I wasn't able to do it, I would have just imagined it. But like, there's something special about like actually seeing it being done with the with the father, you know, and then seeing my my younger version and like how, you know, Alison reacted to that and like having that also be part of my memory. So seeing that, right? Um, I genuinely cried that day. I was like looking, I was like on the village, just like watching the monitors and like talking to Alyssa, one of the writers and producers. And I was just like watching it all. And I was like, this is heartbreaking. This is really, uh, this is sad, you know? Um, and I think with that, right, um, the challenge was to, to find the balance between these serious and tender and, uh, soft moments, uh, with the comedy, right? Um, it is a funny show. It is a silly pirate comedy, right? Um, and comedy's fast, comedy's quick. And it was finding the balance of really earning, uh, those slow, more sweet, more soft, tender moments that, um, happen very frequently in, um, in Jim's storyline, right? Uh, so I think that was, the, the biggest challenge right like that balance between like jim is not like the goofball even though i'm the goofball um uh <laughs> but like the situations that happen to jim are yes there are the sat bits but there's also really funny things that happen you know that are that it's it's the things versus like jim being the the goofy one right um so uh which was an interesting thing to figure out is like, you know, each episode came through and like finding that unhingedness right as well from, from Jim when they like have been trained as a, an assassin, right? And they're really skilled, but then like, all of a sudden, you know, they see red and then they do really a lot of stuff. And it's like, dude, <laughs> No, <laughs> calm. Take a breather. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so I get. You know, it, it was it was fun to have find those like balance moments of like you know what's funny and when to actually take time to let these moments breathe, mm-hmm. um, and and honor those moments as well. Which yeah. I think the show does really beautifully with not just Jim, but with a, a lot of other characters. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like the joy and the challenge yeah. of of all of that.
3: <laughs> You've kind of answered the next question, but you could go in more detail if you wanted to. Um, so, do you think you're similar to Jim or a very
0: different in personality? <laughs> are are you a trained assassin? <laughs> so, listen. Technically, um,
1: technically, I did fence for you know, I did fence for a very long time. I was I know how to sword fight, so technically, I could. Um, do the thing do i want to not really um but but yeah i recently have been finding myself describing that i'm like the the fruit loop to jim's cocoa puffs you know like that's kind of the the vibe uh, that i like have um i think like what brings us together is that yeah i mean we we both are Latina. We're both non-binary. We have an affinity for knives. Um, and
3: throw <laughs> <laughs> that one in there at the end. Yeah, <laughs> there's that.
1: Um, I did when I was creating Jim. I, I love giving my characters their top three astrological signs. Um, just because nice. it kind of gives me a little bit of like, yeah, like who, how who who is this person? How would they like work their way through situations? Right, and. Um, I I, Vico am a Libra Sun Sag Rising Scorpio Moon, and I gave Jim a uh, Aries Sun Capricorn Rising and a Scorpio Moon. I wanted us to share that moon sign um, because I do have a darkness within me, right? The Difference is that if something happens to me, the way that I uh, react, uh, rather than like fully shutting down and walling up, I shut down and I overperform. That I'm totally fine because I'm a Libra and I'm charming. But then <laughs> when, <laughs> with Jim, it's like something happens and it's like it goes into like okay, practicality, Capricorn Rising, come in. I am pissed. I'm going to get to the thing that I got to do in order mm. to, to, you know, like whatever hurt me, it's going to get it. You know, like I'm walls up, sees red, fully engaged mm. until like what needs to happen, right? So I gave us I, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like no, what I was going to yeah. say I
3: have to ask, Ellie, what's your rising? What's my rising? No, because I'm Scorpio Moon and Elise <laughs> is an Aries Sun. And if you're a Capricorn Rising... We uh, together are. I gym.
0: think. I think you might. I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart, so I I'll knew triple you had check Capricorn that. But I would not would be surprised. If are, Capricorn was trying right, like to combine. Amazing. <laughs> three of you are one of them. Yes. I are, yeah, <laughs> yeah. am obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with that. I would not be surprised huh. by that. I will let you know after this. I'll check my co-star.
1: <laughs> that is incredible. That's incredible. I did do um uh. Uh, Paul, in the very beginning, as the show was coming out, of like what people thought like Jim's uh, uh, signs were. And um, <laughs> I, a lot of people actually kind of like got the vibe of that it, there was a bit of like, you know, chaotic good happening in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I did get a lot of people ask, uh, saying that they had cancer, right? So I mm-hmm. decided in order to honor the uh, qu- the large quantity of cancer placements to give uh, Jim's Venus uh, the cancer placement. Uh, so then when you have that like softness, it is, it is someone who deeply uh, wants to be like feel safe right which also it's so beautiful to see that it's being explored with all the one day right like all the one is a safe space for them to just actually mm. soften up and be so then you have that like cancer like more emotional like oh i really like you start seeing those like little moments of like there was a lot of chaos but then once everything settles you start seeing someone who's like damn i love you you know
0: mm.
1: not that jim would ever say that but it's <laughs> there
0: <laughs> i do i do love that 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 soft spot. I have like a very um, externally tough friend who is a cancer and is like such a softy.
1: Yep, that's like, uh, soft, that's
0: the vibe. Such a softy, but you're like, I know this is all an act, yep. but I do like that. Yep, <laughs> um, I love that. I also just love because like when watching it, I was like, I mean, obviously, you're a great actor. I was just like this is so opposite of like the Vico I've ever seen so I'm like wow you really like went in on acting on that because you are so silly and just fun and yeah I am
1: so but, so glad because I feel like so many people that started to get to know me right after the show it was like they were expecting me to be like Jim and I'm
0: like no. no no but I do love that you know how to sword fight that's Amazing. Yeah, that that's um, a yeah, plus <laughs> That is incredible. Yeah. Um if you were a pirate in real life, not just on the show, um, what do you think your job or role on the ship would be? Uh I am torn about this one. Um,
1: I I think generally I'd probably be the second in command. I don't know if I want the full <laughs> responsibility of being the captain, but low key like second in command has more responsibility, but it's like you're not it's like you know it's like i would i would be i would channel that Scorpio moon and be like the second in command that loki wants to be the captain is waiting for like mutiny and is like i'm gonna fucking take this boat bitches (laughs) um like i'm the one who rules here tbh so yeah that would be me (laughs) i love that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh goodness! Beautiful. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> this is where YouTube is. I'm like, it's that's where the scorpion moon kicks in, and I'm
0: like, yeah, this is where that that dark side comes in. Yeah, and I'm
1: like, <laughs> mm, yeah, it's me. I'm the leader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the real oh, leader. Too good. <laughs> Especially if Steed was the captain. Like being second in command on, on Steed ship is really.
1: I don't think it would have been really okay. okay. I'm. I think generally. I mean, again, it's. <laughs> Be, between me and jim right like jim is like you know what whatever I'm, I'm glad i'm here right i'm glad i just get to lay low but me i would just be like sir no <laughs> <laughs> i would be I, th- I would be a bit more like izzy not as intense but i would be i would be that combination between izzy and 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 like fang maybe like izzy mm. and like Izzy and no, like if Izzy and a Luwande had a baby, it would be me. It would be like super chill, but like, mm, but like, mm, let me just control this ship. from the, <laughs> like, shadows. From the
0: shadows. It's like let me just mm,
1: give me that. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, This is so late, but I did look up. I am a Capricorn moon, not rising. Sorry. Oh, Oh,
1: That's pretty good, though. I I mean, you technically all have the combination. So in some way or another.
0: In some way. In some way. (laughs) Sorry, Elise. I'll let you ask the next question. Well, Jim is amazing and is an
2: amazing, groundbreaking character for so many reasons. Um, But we were wondering if you could talk a little bit about how Jim deals with gender and gender fluidity.
3: Oh,
1: I love this question. Um I love it because I genuinely think that Jim never really put that much thought into gender. You know, they were raised in a nunnery all of their lives uh to be this badass assassin away from the the real world right um if anything their gender was assassin you know it was like (laughs) their identity was solely based on knives and knowing how to murder um and uh and then once they get out right and begin their mission that's that's when they start noticing People are perceiving them differently based on how they look like. Um, and they're either having more difficulty in getting to A to B or whatever. Um, and then when their appearance changes into something that they're noticing is getting more access, Um, then they're also being treated differently, but it's the same person. So I think, and that's something that I was very conscientious about when I took on the role, is that Jim is not acting like a man and they're not acting like a woman. You know, like when they have the beard on, they're not acting... Like, the only thing that changes is how people perceive them with the beard or without the beard. Uh, they're not more masculine uh, when they have the beard. And they're not more feminine when they don't have it. They're literally the same person. And I think that's something that's so beautiful also to watch It's that... And why they start softening with the crew. Is that once the reveal happens, um, they treat Jim the same. Um... Uh, so it's that's like refreshing it's like oh you know maybe there i mean of course in episode 4 there's all the questions right um but like literally it does, oh jim of course that makes sense jim's jim gym, period um and i think that's really beautiful right um and i it's something that i really wanted to be be conscientious right like all the physical choices all the the way that i uh, stood, sat moved uh, all of that was with the conscious intentional decision of knowing who is this person disregarding any societal expectations of gender um and and then, and then, literally, the only thing that changes is how people perceive them, uh, based on their appearance. Uh, so I think that would be kind of like, yeah, it's and and something that would be interesting too as well. Um, I don't know. I'm. I feel like it would be interesting to, if, if we get a second season, um, to play more with that, right? Um, play with with you know different expressions on Jim, and then realize, oh, like expression does not equal. Identity, right? It Jim is Jim. Whatever it is that they're wearing, right? Um, you've seen them as a priest. You've seen them as uh, a as, uh, rugged, <laughs> bubbled nose, bulbous, bu- bulbous, bulbous nose. There we go. <laughs> Bubble nose was also cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've seen them in their you know regular attire. It would be interesting to see like what other you know fits they can like you know get their hands on and um and keep exploring. You know, like it's it, it's still the same person um play with that uh yeah so that's kind of where where I'm at with that question and that journey
3: <laughs> I just love that the there was the same level of reaction to the fact that Jim could talk <laughs> it's like wait you can talk it's like yeah.
1: oh goodness freaking Nat Faxon who plays the Swede it, he was the one that always made me break god
0: damn, god damn. This... yeah that must have been so hard um, I have a quick question for you before Lisa asks the next question which is I don't know how well and it sort of ties into the next question I don't know how much you had to research about like pirate history and stuff like that before the role or for this role um, our show's all about queer pirates in history um, so have you heard of Anne Bonny and Mary Read oh yeah and did that, like, influence your character of Jim at all? Yes. So, actually, the very
1: first meeting that I had with uh, David Jenkins, he mentioned that Jim is, like, loosely based off of these two people. Um, so, I, you know, went in a little deep dive on on both of them and uh, was just pleasantly, I was like, what? How have mm-hmm. we not talked about these two very gay and gay for each other which was the other thing i don't know like it was like they met dressed as guys and then were like that's a cute guy that's a cute guy too and then like then they realized that they weren't it was like i still still think you're cute yeah it was like this is brilliant how fucking rad is that um and then one of them was like dating some other dude and they just had this like gorgeous like you know triad moment and like i was like ugh, i love it um but yeah, uh, I think uh, even though uh, Jim is loosely based on both of them, it's a bit more towards like Mary Reed, who also went by Mark Reed in other occasions. So it's like more of that, like, oh, this person, you know, in retrospect, like potentially uh, is a trans story uh, or someone who's gender fluid, gender n- uh, non conforming, non binary, right? Who just live, uh, you know, their life. At, at the fullest is a pirate, right? Which is so, in- I mean, it's like, you know, of course pirates were so queer because like queer <laughs> people are always just like, by society, I'm gonna GTFO and like create my own little ship with my own people. And like, you know, it's either pirate ships or covens in a more, you know, uh, <laughs> modern You're way. Correct. That's what I want. Those are the only, only options really. I'm <laughs> like, true. I would like some <laughs> land and have a witch coven of my people and then just harvest and be okay away from everything. <laughs> It's kinda
3: like that. Sounds sounds right. <laughs> yep. Anyway, yes. So, love them both. <laughs> I mean, the people keep saying on Twitter that it's not a realistic show, but as far as I've seen, it's one of the most realistic pirate shows or movies that has come out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, do you have a favorite pirate fact? Mm. Maybe one that you didn't just say. Oh, you can say the same again if you
1: want. Um, Well, they were getting gay married, like, legally in their own, you know, of course, I mean, legally in their own, you know, weirdly on illegal stuff. It's like each ship had its own, like, politics and democracy. Like, each ship was like an island of their own. Um, And they were just being like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and marry you. (laughs) Great. Lovely. If I die overseas, you get to keep all my shit. I was like, this is amazing. How rad is that? And the French freaked out and they were like, we're gonna send more women to the, you know, islands. And then they were like, great, the more the merrier. Now we can multiply, (laughs) you know, you get little pirate babies everywhere. Um, (laughs) <laughs> wow. Anyway, yes, yeah. that's my favorite. I can't pronounce it. Like, molotage, momolotage, or something like that. It was There was a specific word for Maid-le-tage? it. There
3: you go. You need to say mate with an Australian accent. That's, Maid-le-tage. that's, Maid-le-tage. that's Maid-le-tage. Maid-le-tage. Um <laughs> <Maid-le-tage>. <laughs> Great.
0: I like all of the pronunciations that They're you used all- <laughs> Yeah? They're all great.
3: They're yeah, all great. They're all great. I was going to say, we should all give our uh, favorite pirate facts real quick. Yes, I'd love to uh, hear before them. Before we on their way. Um, I was going to say... Just to piggyback off Vico, the Shang-Chi used to uh, have a death penalty. So Shang-Chi is a Chinese pirate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she had like the biggest pirate fleet. And she had a death penalty for people who cheated on their wives. So any of the pirates who cheated
1: on on their wives. Dang. Talk about jealousy.
3: Dang. That's (laughs) what's up.
1: Yo, uh, I would love to have, you know, Shenji be, like, somehow referred, referred. – I mean, again, if we get a second one, if we get a third one, I'm like, there are so many badass, like, women so pirates much. everywhere, and we need them all. <laughs> uh, yes. She needs her yeah. whole own show. Like, oh, be one
3: of the I'll most incredible it. pirates. Yes,
1: Sandra no Oh, shenji
3: would be wild.
0: I would
1: lose my <laughs> shit. I would love that. Wow. Cheated I feel on like, me, you death. Know, <laughs>
0: I'm not – I I mean, I don't know what she's up to, but she just wrapped up on Killing Eve, so, like, maybe – I'm sure she's already booked for something else, but, like, maybe she's a, she has an be, opening. It could
1: be an episode, you know, what's right? his face, the Calico Jack, and, you know what I'm saying? She yeah. can do one, yeah. and we just get she to know about her, and then all of her, you know, maybe some, I don't know, somebody on the boat falls in love, and, and then now they have to run away because she wants to kill them, you know? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, something like that. i yeah, here for
0: it. Um, for me, personally, there's so many, oh, my God, there's just so many things, but... I really love Anne B- Ann Bonnie and Mary Read, but also I will say our pirate fact that I love, which you all probably know what I'm going to say is about the eye patches, oh, is yeah. that pirates really did wear eye patches because it helps them to see better when they switch from under to above. Like I just thought that was so cool to be like, well, there's a practical use for these eye patches. Yep. I thought it was awesome.
1: That's, I remember that That's like a silly one. No, but but it's great. It's true though. And then actually you could do it in real life. I don't know how many people have dark, you know, jobs. Yeah. (laughs) In the dungeon. If you were (laughs) living in that church with the
0: dungeon, (laughs) then you might need it. Important. Yes. (laughs) But. Yeah, or if you live somewhere super dark. Know. What about you? What about you, Elise, our resident pirate expert, <laughs> my full favorite, of pirate knowledge? My favorite pirate
2: <laughs> fact is a pirate story about the 16th century Irish pirate queen Grace O'Malley meeting Queen Elizabeth. She she was getting in trouble because she was you know like fucking up all of the British merchantile ships and navy ships, and so they had a meeting, and so it's these two women in you know huge positions of power. They have to speak Latin because Elizabeth doesn't speak Irish and Grace doesn't speak English. Um, Grace shows up to the meeting with a dagger in her bosom, and the guards are all like, "You can't do this shit." She's the queen, and Queen Elizabeth's like, "It's fine. You guys are like, calm down. She's fine. She can keep her dagger. I'm not scared of her." Then they're t- then they're talking, and Grace O'Malley sneezes, and one of the high-ranking British noble people offers her a handkerchief, like an ornately laced, beautiful, fine lady's handkerchief and grace fucking blows her nose and throws that shit in the fire because she has no idea because she's a pirate she doesn't know about fancy things (laughs) and grace just is like listen queen elizabeth i don't want this governor that you've been like sending to get my men like i really hate him i need revenge i want you to fire him and she did
1: (laughs) yes that's what's up wow how baller Gals, that was like
0: i'm over it i don't like okay cool bye done yeah That's oh, wow. grace and is another one of my favorites shang chi did the same thing basically like negotiated a salary for like <laughs> like negotiated her own surrender she was like yeah i'll give i'll surrender but like the government needs to pay all of my pirates <laughs> like basically a pension for the rest, of, for the their rest of their lives
3: and then i'll stop it
0: also, and then i'll stop
3: wow
1: how
0: fucking <laughs> badass but also just like how also
1: like that's like that that's a true g right there someone who was like i got your back you know we're screwed but i got you like your your yep. family is gonna be okay you know ah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah.
0: that's that's some honorable shit right there Ugh. Pirates yeah, are I mean, great. And it was a huge, she had a huge fleet too, right? Like, so that was a lot of people she was getting pension for.
1: Dang. And the government was like, she worth it, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, they were like, we'd rather, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's actually cheaper than her like, stealing all of their things. She was managing
2: her fleet better than their Navy, you know? I mean, it, they were <laughs> just far superior in every
1: way. <laughs> How fucking rad is that? Uh, I really hope Crazy. we get all of the seasons so we can like, you know, play into that too and like have a little, because it really is so fun when you start, start looking into it and you're like, wait, I mean, the amount of people that I've been telling that Steve Bonnet was a real guy is like, wait, what? And then they go and I got, and it's so, there's, it's great. I'm so here
3: for it. Yes. I love these the facts. The show is actually really like, it really follows Steve's real journey too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was even amazed we, when we heard about it, we were so excited because we'd already covered Steve Bonnet and Blackbeard on the podcast. And we were like, and every podcast we say, this should be a TV show. This should be a movie. And then we're like, oh my God, it happened. Yes.
0: <laughs> so so good. Good. Oh, yay. Yes. Oh, yeah, so it's awesome. I love it so awesome. Well, thank you, Vico, so much for spending the time with us and answering all of our questions. We are obsessed with the show. We hope there's a season two as well. Me too. Fingers thank you crossed. so much for
1: having me. It was such a delight
0: being here. Oh, thanks for joining us. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we will let you go and enjoy the rest of your night. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. 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 Uh, Amazing! I love what Diego a gem, so absolute gem, so, so great. Ah, <laughs> uh, and just like we said a few things about like some of the things we covered on the show that also were covered on our flag means death. Maybe let's just talk a little bit more about some of those things. Like, um, like Lisa, you said this was Steed Bonnet's same route, right? Yeah. Like, what was the route that Steed did? Like, Lisa like, taught me that last episode. <laughs> You let's asked me. let's walk let's walk through the route and like compare it to so what is the route Elise? yeah Elise, we didn't tell you to prepare
3: this but can you just tell us off the I top mean, top I'll of pull your up head. the
2: wikipedia bit
3: <laughs> yeah i mean like everything
2: that everything that happens happens in the pretty much in the order in which it really did right like he Steve Bonnet is this wealthy landowner um, on Barbados who just decides to um, leave to prove that he can, you know, make make a way for himself. Um, he has like a midlife crisis, leaves his three young kids all very very little, like toddler age. Um, and then he sort of, like, has this ship commissioned to be built, which is already funny because pirates are supposed to steal their ships, not get ships built for them. Um, but but Steve has the revenge built. Um, and then he he goes off and um, he, he he sort of, like, takes a few ships early on, um, spends some time letting captives go on the island, um, like on episode two. Um, then he goes and he meets Blackbeard, Um And then they start collaborating. So, like, yeah, it all it all happens in real life the same way it happened on the show. Wait, so do but do Blackbeard and Steed get together in real life? There's no evidence of that, but um, you know the way Blackbeard is like introduced, um, he he is kind of legendary in the the loosely historical history books um, as having like he would wear firecrackers in his beard and um look very scary and so
3: um in a couple of thousand years no one will know though they'll just think it's true true life (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) totally it's how how the history books have and our flag means death
2: i'm I'm glad that an actual pirate expert has just joined the call
0: yes (laughs) hi rebecca Rebecca. we're gonna add you up here now
3: hello sorry i'm unmuting you thank you for joining us
4: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. This is very exciting.
3: This is a surprise guest. Yay!
4: Yes,
0: we're so excited. Everyone, welcome. Surprise guest, Rebecca Simon. We're How just many so-
3: episodes was Rebecca featured on in our season, actually? Oh, Quite a few. A bunch. A bunch. Yeah. <laughs> like many.
2: Yeah. yeah. She knows a lot of things. <laughs>
0: She knows the most. So, Rebecca, we were just here with Vico Ortiz. Have you watched the show Our Flag
4: Means Death yet? I've seen the vast majority of it, but I haven't quite finished it yet. Although it's funny, I've seen all like, I've seen like the first half and then I've seen the last two episodes, but there's like two episodes before that I haven't seen.
0: So we we were talking to Vico about acting on the show, but we wanted to have you on to talk a little bit more about some of the historical accuracy of the show. So when you were watching it, What were some of the things that stood out of, like, what's the, yeah.
4: Well, for one thing, I thought Reese Darby absolutely nailed Steve Bonnet. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not only is he just, like, awesome. I'm a huge fan of the Concords. So I was like, oh, cool, Murray's in this. Um, (laughs) But he just nailed Steve Bonnet's character, like – in the you know steve bonnet was just he's interesting because you know he had no maritime experience he just kind of up and leaves his family like the show gets all of that right they get like his origin story pretty correct of course like trauma in his childhood and that sort of thing we don't know about so it's kind of an interesting backstory to put in but his kind of bumblingness paying them a salary like having like this big grand pirate captain office with all of his books and dressing really nicely that's all 100 percent true and with his like kind of bumblingness and like over enthusiasm and like kind of gumption of trying to go and attack things without actually knowing what he's doing yeah i thought he did that so brilliantly well i really enjoyed it um i also really loved the um diversity that they had on his pirate ship they really did great representation and not just for like the sake of a modern day audience or something like that. Like, I felt like it was definitely a very true representation of what a pirate ship was like, not just with people of color from different nations, but, um, you know, Vic playing like a non-binary pirate or my initial impression was, oh, a woman disguising herself as a man as a pirate, um, which also I thought was giving a voice to the female pirates we don't know about. Because there were definitely probably a lot more than we realize and kind of showing her disguise. And actually with like a busy pirate ship, it wouldn't be that difficult for a woman to disguise herself. if She kind of like did her job well, but sort of kept to herself.
0: Yeah, we actually talked to Vico because um, they said that the writers like pulled them aside and said that, Jim's character was a little bit of a mix of Anne Bonny and Mary Reed and like to play around with that so we thought that it was cool that like they also were given a lot of context like the actors themselves were given a lot of context about the historical yeah. stuff that was going on
4: yeah and that really came through it really yeah. really did like there is some of um uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of um, but like, including some like modern details, like I think some were wearing Crocs on the ship or something like that, which 20th century, but I liked that because it showed that you had to find practical footwear and clothing in any way possible on a pirate ship. So I was like, okay, that's kind of a good like representation of that. If Like, that's, that's where my mind goes. I'm like, okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess, like, another question, too, is, like, what were, like, Crocs, obviously, anachronistic? Um, (laughs) What were some of the other things? Like, they did get a lot of things right, but what were some of the other, like, embellishments that maybe they made that we don't really have evidence for?
4: Well, for one thing, the relationship with Blackbeard. That's totally fiction for the show. Oh, Um, so we think. Or so we think, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the, the reality is Blackbeard, um, didn't like Steed Bonnet. Um, he teamed up with Steed Bonnet because Steed Bonnet had a lot of money and he had quite a large ship and Blackbeard is like, okay, cool. We could finally have our fleet. Um, but the reality is a lot of, a lot of Steed Bonnet's crew. And I forget if they showed this in the show or not, but a lot of Steed Bonnet's crew abandoned Steed Bonnet and joined Blackbeard's crew. Um, and they don't even want to sail with him because they think Blackbeard is the one who's the better leader. They's he's going to get them the better prizes. Um, Steve Bonnet relies too much on the crew to make heavy decisions. And so he still has the title of captain, but it's just kind of a title. And then in real life, it's not Bonnet who betrays Blackbeard. Blackbeard betrays Bonnet to the Admiralty. Um, they kind of crash. He, uh, Blackbeard has like kind of a secret plan where he gathers 40 members of his, favorite crew and they kind of have a plan to like, get everyone drunk crash land on the banks of North Carolina and then they go inland while everyone's kind of passed out from partying and they alert the Admiralty they all take a pardon meaning that they've confessed their crimes they've named their accomplices and now they are pardoned of all crimes and Steve Bonnet wakes up to find himself and everyone else be arrested so that that was kind of a big thing so I found it interesting that they flipped that for the show but I guess it would Honestly, I don't know why they chose to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think perhaps obviously Castide Bonnet is the protagonist of the show and it wouldn't make sense for him to be the one to get arrested, um, although it still could have made for an interesting story. I think the one issue I had with the show was that because they fictionalized so much of that, I was like, why not make, make them fictional characters rather than real historical ones? But at the same time, it also adds an interesting dimension to kind of the mystery of what might their life had actually been. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And this is one of the reasons why I love historical shows. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit of an unusual historian for that, although I think there's more and more historians now who are like really into historical films and historical shows. But for that exact reason, people are interested. So they want to learn more and they're discovering that lots of books have been written about pirates. There's a book written about Steve Bonnet by Jeremy Moss called The Life and Trials of Steve Bonnet. And his book's gotten recognized. Um, I know him. He's a good guy. And um, I think he self-published the book or a small printer. So he's been really excited that people (laughs) are taking notice. And But yeah, they're going out and they're reading lots of books. They want to educate themselves. And that's what I love about historical film and historical television is that it's very accessible. It's fun. It's entertaining and usually sparks a curiosity.
3: Mm. What um, pirate would you do a TV show about if you could choose one pirate?
4: If I could choose one pirate. I think, um, to, to use the English name, um, Madam Chang from 19th mm-hmm. century China <laughs> nice. would be very cool.
3: That's also one of our choices. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: She's just like unreal. You know, she comes from a background. I think um, she was a prostitute from a young age. She marries like a powerful sea captain and they end up commanding hundreds, thousands a thousand ships. And then he dies. She takes over, commands. Thousands and thousands of pirates. The government has to pay her to retire. She was very progressive. She allowed women to sail on the ship. She allowed female pirates. And if a man was even like whispered of possibly insulting her, they could get thrown overboard. So, very strict laws about that. She'd be a very interesting character because a lot, I feel like a lot of people know about her, but not very much about her. Because oddly enough, there isn't very much documentation about her, but she's an absolutely fascinating figure.
0: Yeah, we were literally just talking about. I mean, this also would probably not. This would not be historically accurate, right? But like, could she be featured on season two of our (laughs) 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 flying? Like that would. That doesn't really does that at all. Probably not. Right.
4: Well, maybe a character sort of based on her. I mean, the yeah. third Pirates of the Caribbean film did that. They, had a, um, they were in Singapore, and there was a female pirate captain who was based on her, even though it was the wrong century. They could do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the show Black Sails brings people from slightly out-of-the-time period context for the sake of the show, such as Charles Vane, uh, Jack Rackham, and Bonnie. The show takes place in 1715, and the three of them are together in Nassau at the time, when the three of them were not together at all quite yet. And they don't come to Nassau for several years in reality. But it worked. It worked really well for the show. But I think a century difference is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but a character very much based on her would be very cool. Totally. Yeah.
2: I would I think to keep in like tone with the show, I would actually probably cast Aquafina.
4: Oh, that would be uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. That would be a good casting but, choice. Like
0: the more I think about it, the more I can really picture it. Yeah, cause we were talking about Sandra O earlier, but Sandra O has has been in some comedies, but She's fine. would be hilarious. One of my favorite cameos in Our Flag Means Death was Leslie Jones.
4: Oh, my God. Oh my I did not God. see that coming, and I loved every second of so it. Yes. I love Leslie Jones.
0: <laughs> I thought she was great. I was like, wow, she also is when like, so good. We can
3: fight to the death or <laughs> just get drunk. <laughs> She's doling out live advice. Um, yeah. Rebecca, I'm really curious. What do you think about the portrayal of Blackbeard? Because, like, as, like, <laughs> it's like person who has been really built up and like personally is just like this isn't real (laughs) like I'm not even killing people like this is all story I just I want to get out like that element
4: it's so funny because with the character of Blackbeard it was like I felt like I I just was taken through such an emotional back and forth because there would be stuff about his character like Blackbeard like oh really tough like the deadliest pirate of the seas and this this and this and then he's and I'm just like no Blackbeard never killed anyone like yeah he was scary but he never killed anyone and then later kind of being like oh I actually have never killed anybody and I'm like oh okay (laughs) okay interesting chain of events and then kind of this idea of like His origin story, I was like, his origin story is completely wrong. And then it's like, oh, he grew up in Bristol from a middle-class family and actually, you know, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, so they got that right. Um, So I felt like I was kind (laughs) of taken through a bit of an emotional (laughs) ringer with that. But I thought it was an interesting, I really did enjoy the way Taika Waititi portrayed Blackbeard um, because he is such a mysterious figure. Now, in history, he was recorded as being a lot more volatile because he was suffering very severely from the effects of syphilis at the height of his piracy um that's why he blockades the port of charleston in real life to get medicine because they're all suffering from syphilis so they don't do that they made his character much more likable for the show and i enjoyed that i kind of um thought that was i, I kind of thought it was sort of funny how like he's like reluctantly kind of falling in love with steed bonnet and ends up being really sweet and sensitive like i found that to be um Just very funny because it wouldn't have been that it probably would not have been that way in real life, although Blackbeard was said to be a bit of a romantic because he did marry several times, supposedly. So yeah, I enjoyed the character a lot. I thought it was fun.
0: I love that. I also like, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch on our season of like just this concept of which is why I also find historical shows very interesting, of like history how like how history is written versus what actually happened. Right. And obviously, like, we don't, we only know. We were there. What we know. <laughs> right. We only know what is written. So I liked that um, even from, like, the scribe
4: writing what happened on the ship. Lucious. And then they are like, yeah. no, yeah. cross He out. rips it yeah. out. You know? yeah, he <laughs> out
1: the page. He's like, like no, 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 keep <laughs> that out. Yeah, that
4: was one of my favorite aspects. Actually, was like the scribe <laughs> on the show because I was like, at first, I was like, "Oh my God, is he supposed to be Captain Charles Johnson starting to write drafts of right. the General History of would- the Pirates?" <laughs> yeah. Like, and then it turns out, no, it's just because Steve Bon. It's like someone write down how amazing I am. And the thing is, like, that's you know, back then the way people embellish stories no different than today. um A General History of the Pirates, where s- that's an interesting source. It was published seventeen twenty four, a very large volume of pirate biographies and. That's an that's interesting because there are some historians uh, who do take a lot of it as being very much fact when the reality is many, many, many of those biographies are very much embellished to the point of being fictional. And But we don't know how much or kind of where that kind of starts and stops sort of thing. Like some pirates are more factual in the book, such as Captain Kidd, um, for instance, was very well documented. Blackbeard possibly built up. A bit um, you know, because the pirates actually aren't painted in a good light in those book in that book, um, which is interesting. But then you have Anne Bonnie and Mary Read, and their story is pretty much entirely fiction, mm-hmm. um, like practically hundred percent, except for a few things here and there. But it's been taken as fact or uh for centuries. Like I just actually uh in the UK just released a book, a biography about them, which comes out here on the 23rd. Yay. so um so that was like a really fun thing for me to kind of deconstruct their per- their perceptions and where the ideas might have come from and everything like that so but yeah anyways I get quite long winded I love to describe <laughs> that was no, that my favorite awesome. details
0: wait what is your book what's the book called the uh, It's bi- called, a biography of Anne Reed and
4: yeah sorry <laughs> oh it's called uh, pirate queens the lives of Anne Bonnie, and Mary Reed it okay. just came out in the UK uh about three weeks ago. It comes out here in the States on the 23rd of June.
3: That's fantastic. So, Just yeah, time. Thank you. That's a really good uh, way to wrap it up. I know we have a pretty hard stop at eight. So thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca.
4: Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. So Yes.
3: Much fun. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, but that's about it, right?
0: Yes. That's all the time we have. But thank you so much to everyone who came to spend time with us. Oh, and hi, Thea.
3: Yeah, we need to do a shout-out for, for Thea. amazing. Yeah. We need to shout-out Thea, who's here, because Thea is... We're going to put you on a spotlight for a minute. Ah! <laughs> ah. Um, and yeah, look out for us next season. We'll be covering the untold history of the Bible, so it's going to be very exciting, and that will be out in October. And in the meantime, we're doing our Flag Needs Death on Patreon.
0: Yes, thank you all so much. Thank Hope you, you. Have all. a Thanks, wonderful friend. night.